0: You watched them. You cheered for them. Maybe you booed them. You listened to them. You were impressed by them. Today, they share their favorite memories with you. It's the Give Me a Sense podcast. Here's your host, Mike Yav. Well, couldn't be more thrilled in episode number two to talk to a Heisman-winning quarterback. A guy who's won a national championship, knows what it's like to go very high in the NFL draft. 2006, 10th overall pick, a ton of success that he has had in his career. And he's uh, made the transition to broadcasting. A guy that we've had on our set at the Pac-12 Networks, also uh, doing a lot for Fox Sports 1. Matt Leinert is with us. Episode two, Matt. So I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you stopping by in the early stretch of the podcast.
1: Hey, I appreciate being on anything for you, Yammer, anything for you. And I, and I, that set of hair you got. You got a great, you got a great set of lettuce on the head. <laughs> well, you, you
0: know that there's a lot of product that keeps the, the lettuce crisp, so to speak. So I know. I know. Uh, Matt, you know, you, we talked at, you know, I had Ronnie on the other day who sort of did like a life lesson kind of show. Right. I wanted to talk about his path. And, and I think for you, and he has a ton of stories, but just spending time with you on set, it's abundantly clear. You got a ton of stories. I mean, you can go mm-hmm. through what draft night is like, some of the huge games going to the Heisman, uh, you know, ceremony being a finalist twice for that. I want to talk about a lot of those things, the Rose Bowl. I still remember where I was when I was watching the Rose Bowl against Texas and and the performance that you guys had in some of those big games that you played in your career. Uh, is you know, I'm going to start with with the Heisman stuff because to me that's always interesting cuz you're a guy that that got to go twice, you won one, mm-hmm. and you won it the first time you went there. And just take right. me through it because the, the group of finalists that were there, it was, refresh my memory, it was Adrian Peterson, Jason White, Alex Smith, and then Reggie Bush, correct? Right? It was the five of you guys? Yep. Yeah. That yeah. first time. Yeah, the so you, first
1: year, it was, yeah, the first year was five of us. Um, Jason White had won it uh, the year before, I believe. Um, yeah, because it was Carson two years and then, and then, and then Jason at Oklahoma and then myself. Um, it was a, uh, just a crazy crazy time. I mean from what I remember, you know you're out there well first of all, you know you go to at the time the college football awards, it's it's kind of the awards season and the college football awards show was in Orlando. I think it's in Atlanta now, but it was in Orlando at the time. Um <clears throat> so we would go to that for 2-3 days, do all of the, you know, all the media stuff, all the shows there and then you'd fly from there to New York obviously if you were a Heisman uh finalist. Uh, So it was a whirlwind whirlwind week, crazy fun week, and I got to spend it with my family. Uh, But then you get to New York, and as soon as you step on the plane, you have, you know, a bunch of requests, you have to do a bunch of things for media, uh, you know, a bunch of visits, a very cool deal, but very stressful. Um, You know, you mentioned both times, and both times were extremely different for me, but the first time you know, extremely nervous. I had no idea I was going to win. You know, I was up with, with some great guys. Uh, Adrian Peterson had a great freshman year. Jason White obviously had another big year. Alex Smith, uh, you know, my teammate Reggie. I just really had no idea I, w- I was going to win the thing. And just being a part of it, I, I just remember there was really no relaxing. I couldn't. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wasn't going to be disappointed if I lost, but I was just like, you know, when you're there, you you want to win. You want, you know, you want to hear yeah. your name called. And uh, when I heard my name called, it was just like a massive relief. It was so exciting and to have my family there and I'll never, and, and I think the show captures it, but, you know, hugging my mom, who's was crying. Uh, it, it was just a really, really special moment. And no matter what happened in my career, no matter what happens, from here on out, that moment is just one, one that will never be taken away, you know, such a great moment. Um, And then just the weekend was a blast, you know, going out, we all went out with all the guys can't really do that anymore, but all the Heisman guys and all the coaches and all the players, everyone there It was just a fun weekend. And then the following year, it was so different because I knew I had no chance to win. I was thankful and appreciative of getting another opportunity to go Still the same kind of week, you know, the award show in Orlando, uh, and then we fly out to New York. And that year was really between Reggie and Vince Young, and 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 I was you voted for Reggie. He was gonna, yeah, I voted for Reggie. I was pretty certain Reggie was gonna win um, because of the year he had. Vy had a great year, obviously too. Um, but for me, it was just it was it was almost better that year because I was like I remember. <clears throat> I remember the three of us sitting, you know, you kind of sit in a green room before you, before the show starts. And I mean, you could hear a pin drop and I think it's just like, everyone's on, on edge. Everyone's nervous.
0: For me, just the players.
1: uh, It's just the players, but no, the families are in there and no one's talking. We'll be in there. Yeah. It's just, well, it's just very, you know, because it's a big deal. And, uh, and I was in there like laughing. I'm talking. because I was just, (laughs) I just, it was so relaxing for me. It was almost better. um, And it was such a, it was such a, uh, both experiences were great but both experiences were completely different and uh um it was awesome it was really awesome to see both sides to be to see the side where i won and i was i was you know almost peed in my pants i had no idea i was nervous and the second time where i was so laid back so calm i was just excited to be there i was, I was really really soaking it in the second year um because i didn't have any stress um, but, but just, and then the second year I got to, you know, I, you know, when their name was called, I got to run up on stage and be a past winner and shake the hand of Reggie and all those guys. So, um, it, it's really cool. And actually, you know, to add to that, I, I it was my 10 year anniversary. I think it was two years ago and, uh, yeah. I got to go back and I gave my 10 year anniversary speech and all that. Uh, it was the year when Marcus Mariota won. And, uh, that was a really cool deal because, you know, 10 years later, I'm still young, but I've I've had a chance, you know, a decade to really kind of understand um, and learn what it is to be a Heisman Trophy winner and to be a part of that exclusive club. And then to go back 10 years later and, you know, be a, kind of an old vet, I guess, of the group, so to speak, and see Marcus, you know, who was... You know, sweat behind the ears, 20 years old. And, you know, uh, Marcus yeah. I mean, quiet, yeah, yeah. very, very humble, but very quiet. And uh, it was it was pretty cool to see. So um, all in all, just a great experience and something that I'll have with me forever.
0: Take me back to the first time you're in New York, because that that group is is I mean, they're all notable guys. They're guys that everyone right. knows what they've been able to do. Is there, what's the interaction? Because do, you don't know these guys personally. Because I've, I've heard that about, you know, with Marcus and even Christian McCaffrey right. last year. Like when you go to New York, you know the other guys because you watch the highlight shows and you're aware of what they're doing and everyone's talking about mm-hmm. you guys. But on a personal level, you might not be all that familiar. So did you know, obviously, you knew Reggie because you were his teammate, but those other guys, did you know them at all?
1: No, I didn't. You know, it it's 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 a good question. I think it's it's that's what makes it so unique is because you spend a lot of time with those guys because like I said, the award shows are like 3 or 4 days before the Heisman. So we're all in Orlando together. We're all doing the media game and all those things. And and in those those 2 or 3 day events, you know, there's lunches, there's all sorts of stuff. So you see so you're around them and you get a chance to know them and I think um there's there's just a a mutual respect, obviously, so that when you, you kind of feel like you already know them, just because like you said, when you're watching, you're, you're always watching other guys play and, and, and other teams play. And, um, I think that's the cool thing about sports, but yeah, when you're there, um, yeah, you, when you're there, there's, you're obviously the five of us were, you know, I remember we're on a bus going to four or five different places a day. I mean, so you, you, you do get to spend some quality time and, Um, you just kind of click some guys, you know, some guys are different. I I can't remember exactly, but I think we all got along really well. Um, actually, you know, Jason White and I, I remember the second year when, when Reggie won, they do a, uh, on Saturdays, the, the ceremony Sunday night is a real intimate dinner with just the winners and their families. And then Monday night is the big, you know, black tie gala, you know, where you kind of, it's the official acceptance into the club. And I remember the second year, Jason White and I were sitting up, you know, and and all the winners sit above, (laughs) kind of above on a stage. And we were just, I mean, we were having a blast laughing, you know, telling stories and, and, you know, we're good buddies, obviously. So um, I think that's what it does to you. It gives you a chance to meet new people. Obviously, like I said, there's just an utmost respect for those guys. Um, And, and like I said, the year I won it, we all, you know, Alex and Adrian, we all went out afterward. We had a great time. So, uh, it, it's and all the really families cool go out chance. together too. Yeah, I mean the families go out. Some of the coaches. I mean nowadays you can't do it as much, obviously, because of social media and it's just a yeah. crazy time. Um, but you know, ten, twelve years ago, we were all having a good time and it was fun. So um, it's a it's a very unique experience.
0: Do you still keep in touch with any of those guys? Like on a, on I want to say sporadic basis. I mean,
1: but somewhat um, nah, casual. Not really? Yeah, not really. I mean, I haven't. I haven't. You know, probably Alex is the one. Um, when we see each other, but I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, obviously Reggie and I are, are still, are still close. Um, Vince, Vince, my senior year, um, we still keep in touch obviously. So it's just one of those things where, you know, if you, you, you can go years without talking to the guy, then when you see him, you know, you just, just hey, what's right up, 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 man? How's it, you know, you just you kind of picks right up because of, you know, the respect that you have for each other.
0: You said something interesting to me that you didn't necessarily expect to win, right? So, you're especially right. with that group, you go to New York City, but at the same time, there's got to be something in the back of your mind. Just be I mean, you were you had so much success when you were at USC, and there's a reason why you're in New York. You're competitive, right? I mean, that's right. that's how you are. I know you, and, and you can't have the level of success that you have without having that ingrained in you. So, speech wise, like, do you have? Like, what did, how do you prepare for something like that when you're not really even sure that you're going to win?
1: Well, I think we all had a speech ready. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, because I, I mean, I, I honestly, I had no idea. I really had no idea. And, um, I think you just have to prepare something and, um, you know, those speeches are great because it's, it's all about thanking the people that that helps you get to that point. You know, it's about thanking you know, your teammates, your coaches, your family. And um, because without them, you know, it it doesn't happen, you know? And um, so it's, it's, it's a very nerve. I I always get a kick out. I always love like the reaction of when the name is called to anyone because it's just like, like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe I just won the Eisen trophy. And then the speeches are just so great because it really is a time, and I think everyone has done a great job. It really is a time just to to be appreciative of, of the journey that got you to that point and appreciative of the people that were helping you along the way, and, and and mainly your family and your friends and and, number one, your teammates and your coaches and the people that are with you grinding every single day. So that part was probably the easiest part, you know, because once you – once if you win, you know, it's just a big relief, and then you go up there and you just, you know – you think you know, you give your speech and then you move on, but I think so you weren't nervous the for the speech. Oh, no, oh, no, I was nervous. I was nervous. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what, I was more nervous. Um, I was more nervous the Monday night speech because that is a I don't have you ever been to that dinner, Yammer? No, no, that so, so, yeah, so, so the way it goes is, is Sunday night, it's, it's a fun dance dinner dance with just just there's no media there it's just the heisman people the families of all the winners it's a really cool night um where the heisman winner can really relax and enjoy dinner and and you know dinner drinks and it's it's private very private and then the monday night is the gala that's that's the nerve-wracking one because that's three thousand people in a gigantic ballroom and that's when you know two years ago i gave my 10-year anniversary speech uh Andre Ware gave his 25th anniversary speech uh John Hewitt my modern day monarch alum gave his 50th um and it's a big night it is a really big night and then that's when that's when the Heisman, the that year's Heisman winner gives his big speech and sort of acceptance into the club and all that kind of stuff and um that's when it's really nerve-wracking even though it's not on TV that's the one that's like Oh my God, there's three, cause, cause most of the time when you're that age, you you haven't spoken in front of, I mean, most yeah. people don't speak in front of that many people in their life, but as a 20, 21 year old, um, that's, what's really nervous. I think the night of the ceremony, there's so many emotions and feelings and everything just happens so fast and you just, you're up there, going, oh my God, you know, it's, it kind of just, it goes by so fast, but that Monday night after a couple of days thinking about it, it's kind of, that's always a really special dinner in my opinion, so.
0: Really cool to hear about that, but I know just from having conversations with you off-air when you're up in San Francisco getting ready to do shows with us, we've talked about how guys prepare for the next level, right? And what it's like, sort of the learning curve for high-end college quarterbacks when they get to the league. What's it like being in a room, in the quarterback room at the NFL level, especially in your rookie season?
1: Uh, Right. It's... uh it's 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 pretty unique obviously that room makes the biggest difference in the world and who you're with and your coaches and uh you know all those things and i think as a rookie coming in i was with kurt warner obviously who won a super bowl um who in my opinion i think is going to be a hall of fame player um it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic and then you have you have you know, you, I always, that's one of the things I miss the most is, is that room, obviously the locker room, but that room, because that's where we spend hours and hours a day with, you know, your teammates and your your fellow quarterbacks and your coach. And, um, you know, it's a lot of film watching. It's a lot of studying. It's a lot of bouncing ideas off each other. It's a lot of uh, you know, quarterback is the most important position in football. And um, that's the one thing I, I, I love the most and I miss the most is that interaction in, in, in the, in a tiny, tiny classroom, like in a tiny room, that's like a dungeon. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, it, there's nothing glorious about it. There's whiteboards, there's a TV, there's a, there's a, you know, a screen and a projector and that's it. And you just go to work. And uh, um, it's a pretty cool thing, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to be, in some great rooms, you know, I have a great story in Houston, you know, fortunately the year I got hurt, but uh, Matt Shaw, it was Matt Shaw, myself uh, and TJ Yates, who was, uh, you know, the rookie that year. Um, The two of us got hurt to season ending injuries. TJ ended up starting, but we signed Jake DeLome and we, we signed Jeff Garcia. So in our room, we had, you know, Shaw, myself, Yates, Garcia and DeLome were both like 40 at the time. You know, TJ Yates is twenty years old. Um, it was like every career you could have in one room. Yeah. Um. You know, DeLome and Garcia, great careers, been through a lot, and it was it was the best. We had a blast. I mean, you know, we made it to the second round of playoffs, but we had a blast telling stories and learning. And and that's the great thing about quarterbacks. And obviously, it's very difficult to stay in one team, but you learn from other teams. You learn all these guys have such unique perspectives on the position and and knowledge of the game and different thoughts and i think that's kind of what makes it cool because it comes together and you all you you know you're making each other better you're making the coaches better all those things so uh that's what i miss the most you know and and those rooms were pretty special
0: who's alpha in that group i mean (laughs) because jobs obviously Um, i mean like
1: not written you know what if if we were there long enough together. Probably Jake DeLome, just because he had a big personality. <laughs> um, you know, he Shaw was more of a quiet guy—not quiet, but Shaw had been there the longest. But again, you know, we were all injured, and we were TJ was young. Jeff was a, a unique individual who I just I love. It was great to be with him. But DeLome was the the guy that was like, like he would cuss every other word, but he was like a, a Catholic man. Like it was just he was such a a great. Personality, Like I was, I was such a pleasure to be with him for, and I think we were only together for like six weeks that year. Um, but it was such a pleasure and it was so fun to be around him. I would say he was the one that had the biggest, unique, person, unique personality. Um, and I could, you could see like why like teammate, every teammate you ever talked to love Jake DeLone, you know, they love playing for him. He was a competitor. Uh, he was fun, man.
0: <clears throat> I'm almost surprised. Cause you're, you're painting a picture of a pretty collaborative room among guys that essentially all want to be on the field and only one, one guy can. It's funny because Jake Plummer, one of our other, you know, colleagues, he was telling me about Danny Connell and how his relationship with Danny was, I'm going to actually try to get both of those guys on the show in the next couple of weeks, but they they were such good friends and Jake said it just wasn't always like that. It could be really tense sometimes depending on who some well, of those guys in, in the room are. It, it just,
1: yeah, it just depends on the situation. You know, if you look at, you know, Eagle's, this year, Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz. It's different because you have a number one pick and it was different. My rookie year when Kurt was there, like we weren't best friends right away. We weren't great friends right away. It was a competitive working environment. Now at the end of the day, you work, you work together, you're in the room. um, You know, you're learning, you're helping each other out, but on the practice field you're competing and you want to do your best and you want to be the guy. There's no doubt about that. Every room is different. Every situation, you know, like, you know, you're going to Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the guy, no matter what, I mean, you just know it, so as a backup, you go in there, you learn, you, you hope maybe an opportunity comes, but you learn, and you get better, and, and that's, and you compete, and you make Aaron better, and, and maybe your chance comes, you look at Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn got an opportunity, and, you know, he made a ton of money for three or four years, so, um, in that room, you know, it was Jake Alom at the end of his career, he was on, all these quarterbacks weren't, didn't have a job, they were all kind of just hanging out, so, um, you know, when you get picked up like that, you don't expect to start right away. Um, because you know, TJ was good, you know, he's a rookie, he was there in the system, that system, and you got to learn too, these systems are difficult, you know, you can't just pick them up in a week. Um, so there, there's definitely a big time competitive edge. you know, perfect example was, um, you know, when I was in Oakland, my last year, Carson was the entrenched starter and Terrell Pryor and myself were battling for the backup job. And, we were we were we were there every day working hard and but we competed in preseason we competed every day in camp uh, and I ended up beating them out but we we pushed each other and Terrell got better you know and it was a fun and but we were cool you know we were cool in the meetings but yeah they're they're trust me they're not all great we know that um, you know the the Redskins uh, with Cousins and RG three I mean that's a well documented yeah. um, public thing that you know they didn't get along but. Uh, That definitely happens too, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, you spend so much time with those guys, um, you know, every single day that, that, and and I liked what Carson Wentz said, you know, hey, we'll have a good working relationship and we're there to push each other, period. That's all it has to be. You know, you don't have to be best friends off the field, but on the field, you got to be better for, for the greater good of the team, and I think that's what most people do. Everyone's a professional.
0: Matt, I made reference earlier in the podcast to Ronnie Lott being on the show and on the first episode. and, And obviously, I know you know Ronnie pretty well just from the USC connection that's there. It's funny because Ronnie in his career was able to use football as a vehicle to really help others. And I think one of the cool things that you do um, is the Matt Leinart Foundation. And, you know, I, I think – I mean sports – we're, we're sports fans, right? I mean you, played, you right. played at the professional level. I played as a kid and I loved it. But I still think back to – and I'm sure you do because you have great memories of an NFL career, a college career, and in everything that happened before that. And I think everyone who goes through – who's a sports fan who played, like I still remember moments as a kid. When I get I got onto the field and got to play and the big wins and hanging out with your friends, and not every kid gets to have that opportunity, I think it's really cool right. what your foundation does. You know, helping inner city youth really be able to actually go and, and play sports. Take me through sort of like why you decided to go that path right. with, with your foundation.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I think it started when I came out of college. I was really young, and um, I always. You know, growing up, my my mother uh, worked at a school for disabled children, and my brother and I used to volunteer. We used to go over there and and just hang out. And kind of then is when I said, you know, I'd love to give back one day and help others and help kids. It's just something I've always loved to do. And I told myself if I was ever in a position to do that, um, I would try. And you know, I started the Matt Liner Foundation pretty much right out of college, and you know, it's it's very broad. Um, I I didn't want to just be specific to one thing. I just wanted to help kids in need, whether it was kids, you know, in children's hospitals or if it was Ronald McDonald House or if it was Best Buddies or Big Brother, Big Sister, all these programs we've worked with over the years. Um, it's, it's been, it's been so great and so fun to be a part of, um, now, you know, the big thing now that I'm done and I'm living in, in LA and I'm local and, you know, a big thing we do is, <clears throat> you know, help raise money for the inner city kids in LA and the inner and, and, you know, um, underprivileged kids in Santa Ana, where I grew up. And, um, uh, we started the UISL, which is the urban youth football league. It actually just finished last Saturday, um, a 10 week program where we, we teach, You know, we teach these kids football, um, but we teach them the life skills that football teaches, discipline and hard work and uh, respecting your peers, respecting your coaches. And we try to use that and apply that and help them apply that to their everyday life. You know, it's a built-in mentoring program. And that's kind of what we do. Sports is such a a great way um, for people to, A, to make friends, but to learn all those things that football teaches you. And that's the one thing I love about football is, you know, basketball and, and some of these other sports like basketball, you know, a guy can single handedly win a game, um, yeah. you know, in baseball, a pitcher can throw a no hitter, all those things. But football is the ultimate team, team sport. You need everyone on the same page, every single play or a play won't work. And, and, and I think that's the cool thing. So we teach them teamwork. We teach them how to interact, interact with maybe their peers, their rivals. So it's a really, really cool deal. Um, that's the big program that all the money we raise goes to, but it's just, it's just giving these kids an opportunity through sports. Sports is so good for me. Uh, you know, we couldn't afford all these luxurious camps nowadays, and I couldn't go travel and, go get seen. Everything was local. Everything was in Santa Ana or everything was, you know, somewhere where we could drive to. Um, so we're just trying to give those kids an opportunity through our camps, through our leagues. Um, you know, we, we, we fund a lot of leagues. We um, fund a lot of equipment for a lot of the, the teams that can't afford it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's small, but it's very, it's awesome. And uh, I think, I think I might've told you last year on the show, but uh, you know, Jeremiah Allison. Jeremiah James Allison. Donald I was Hicken, just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. Allison J Don Mickens, uh, Thomas Duarte, a lot of, a lot of those kids, those kids all came through, um, our program, um, you know, as eighth graders. And it was really, really cool to see them. Um, you know, I know Thomas got drafted, but it's really cool to see them just get an opportunity and fulfill yeah. their dream. And, um, we just, we just think it's kind of cool that, you know, we were maybe able to help them or push them in the right direction, you know? So, uh, that's what we do. It's awesome, you know, and, uh, um, it's just really satisfying and gratifying to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I was going to tell that story being at Media Day, and yeah. Jeremiah Allison was there from Washington State, and I, re- I don't think you initially knew he was going to be there. That he was one of the representatives no, that the Cougs sent down. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing your face when You so heard his name was popping up I'd be like, hey, he was in my camp, and he's got yeah. One of the best stories of any player In the four years that I've been at Pac-12 Networks You know, Mom passed away, he was a valedictorian um, right. You know, and the push and the Decision that he made to to go to Washington State to go and play football, and obviously be A huge reason why there was a little bit of a turnaround mm-hmm. uh, This past yeah. year with Mike Leach in that defense, so a uh, really cool Story to, uh, to see the success that He has had. Matt, I, I can't tell you, man How much I appreciate you stopping on the show with uh, um you know, absolute blast hearing and i've heard some of the bits and pieces of those stories but to dive in a little bit deeper uh and we miss having you up in san francisco man so you got to make your way up here pretty soon
1: i will yammer thanks for having me buddy anytime
0: well, seriously great to have Matt on the show. Um, you can hear it, obviously, the work that, that he does with his foundation and just sort of how ingrained he is uh, in that community down in in Southern California and Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I like I've said this, I said this at the end of the Ronnie show uh, when he jo- joined us. You know, I want to try to to give you sort of some context, maybe a stat that might be sports related. Maybe it's not. Um, but because obviously Ronnie does a lot for, for charity with his group and Matt does as well, just to kind of give you some context on – on the importance of what Matt and, and his foundation is doing because I made reference to this, the fact that we all remember our playing days and enjoying being out there on the field and and some of the memories, but um, I saw the stat while I was uh, just sort of getting ready to talk to Matt that 62% of the kids ages 13 to 16, I still remember playing baseball and, and some of those wins that we had when I was growing up, but in that age group, you know, 62% who don't participate in sports are are not participating because they just don't have the finances to do that. So uh, tip the cap cap to Matt for obviously trying to change some of that. And uh, you heard some of those guys having some success as they continue to move on with some of the camps that Matt uh, and his team have been able to put together. All right, that's gonna wrap things up for us. Uh, Next up on the podcast, Ala Abdul-Nabi. You know him from back in the day. I worked with him at NBA TV, uh, but he's at CBS right now. He is one of the analysts for the 76ers. Some great stories. He played at Duke, played in the NBA, played overseas. So we're gonna have him on the podcast. And I did make reference to Ronnie's show. So if you wanna hear episode number one, you can certainly download, you can subscribe, please rate us as well. I was a big fan of five stars, right? I mean, just be positive about it. And if you do have some feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Mike underscore Yam, or you can hit me up on my
1: Facebook page, which is just Mike Yam. Thanks again for downloading and listening.